0: What's good, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, the podcast version of the mic for Hire, the Puerto Rican powerhouse himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we are reviewing straight from my house because I am snowed in. It is, uh, we got a Northeastern here in the East Coast and it hit us hard, a long overdue snowstorm. So we got about two feet of snow. <laughs> that aside, I had a lot, a lot of free time to do this stuff. So let's get to the review of the HBO Max original series based on the DC Comics character from the Suicide Squad. Peacemaker. And this show obviously starring John Cena, and it is mostly directed by James Gunn. He actually wrote this script during the beginning of the pandemic because he has so much free time. And he figured, hey, if I'm actually doing stuff in DC, I might as well take advantage of this and actually make a show because they have a new streaming platform and they could use some shows. And I'm pretty sure they're not gonna say no. And guess what? He's James fucking Gunn. Of course he's gonna have the uh, authority to make a show if he wants. So John Cena had a lot of free time. He had a lot of free time. They were able to cast a. really great cast of people for the series and they got it done so during the pandemic he wrote this one whole season and I'm like wow impressive James you can write a whole season of a show in less than a year that's that's some great writing like right there that's some great talent so with that being said the first episode is titled a whole new world like whirlpool bridges world directed by James Gunn himself Jody Hill Rosemary Rodriguez and Brad Anderson now Peacemaker survived Jotunheim. That's where they give us a recap of the Suicide Squad film and how he managed to survive in the end credit scenes of the show. And we are seeing him in the hospital and he is free to leave the hospital. And they're like, and, he, and he's like, wait a minute, I'm not going back to prison because he's in the Suicide Squad. So he assumes that because he is in such uh program, let's leave it at that, he was gonna go back to Bellevue. Uh, but he's like, no, you're free to go. So he, <laughs> he rightly so, paranoid as much he's just like so I'm free to go okay then I'm just gonna skedaddle but uh before he leaves you get this epic rant with a janitor apparently the whole time he was healing the hospital he actually befriended the local janitor on the floor of the hospital and they get into this back and forth that is hysterical you find out that the janitor actually went to mit but he's got some issues to deal with and that's why he's a janitor instead of being a scientist but he knows his shit and him and, and christopher who is a peacemaker's own name, christopher smith i believe um they get back and forth about a conversation and it, listen, I can't repeat the jokes. Just watch the show. It's so good. It is almost like you're tearing of laughter So after this whole back and forth the janitor, he leaves the hospital and the nurse the reception desk secretly text somebody from under her desk like he's out i'm like okay they're looking for him i knew it wasn't that easy you're not gonna go into the suicide squad and go unscathed and go free like that this guy went for prison for god knows how many years of murder so obviously he's paying his dues and they the government's not gonna just let him be out of the blue like okay you you've managed to take down this uh this secret file for us so you can hide our uh involvement in this whole thing and how we aided this scientist in making this giant kaiju but you know do it your thing and uh just be on yeah right you're gonna hunt him down and get him back into that program so we get a moment here after that where he leaves the hospital and a nurse texts about that whole thing so and elsewhere two office workers are talking about having kids and what it takes to, like, you know, raise a child and all that stuff, and then we move on, where the dove is heading to the coop, is in their messages, like, oh, crap, so they also got the message from the nurse that the dove is meeting Chris, or Peacemaker, is out on the loose, so Peacemaker is at the trailer that he lost uh, his key to enter the house, so he's at his house in this trailer park, this Americana, red, white, and blue themed uh, tra- trailer that lives in, in the trailer house, in um trailer park, I guess and it looks like it hasn't been lived in years. So he's trying to have a hard time finding the key. He can't find the key, so he breaks into his own home and checks his voicemails, like his hundreds of voicemails. And it's a few from vigilante who sends him a shit ton of messages, like, just like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Like catching up and like, he just gives a bunch of like jokes and within those messages, like, hey, long time no see, I hope you're doing well. And it just plays on and on. So we move on where Clemson Murr, who reports to Amanda Waller, He is this guy that's in charge of this, I wouldn't say the Suicide Squad, but he's in charge of Peacemaker to keep him in line. Um, He shows up at Peacemaker's home and tells him, listen, you've only completed four out of the 30 year sentence we've given you. And we're going to put you in this program where you're going to work for us to pay your dues and you're going to work for the government as an assassin pretty much and do our bidding. So. They want him as a contract killer. Even though he doesn't want to do it anymore, he's like, oh crap, fine. And this is the only way I can get freedom and go out into bars and live a normal life. As long as I'm doing something with my life, why not? So he goes to his dad's house to pick up his psychic, Eagly, a bald eagle named Eagly, very creative. Now, mind you, this whole show smells and reeks of Americana, 1980s Republican Americana, you know, where it's like all hair metal and, and just over the top. Like, th- his whole life is just like a giant 80s action flick. And I love that this character is somewhat of a douchebag, but unaware he's a douchebag. Like, he thinks he's such a great guy, but he's also like, he's lost it. This guy's definitely not all there mentally. Like, it's like, Peacemaker is almost like Bad Santa, but a DC version of it, like DC superhero version of Bad Santa, or better yet, he's like, if Johnny Bravo was given the circumstances that he was giving as a superhero, this is how Johnny Bravo in real life would react to all these things. Like, he's just this giant brainless meathead who just looks good Look, he's good-looking and he gets by with just talking the way he talks to most women, but when he tries to talk to the people that work in the facilities mean, with women, they don't not fall for his little one liner is like, listen, you think you're cute and all that, but you got nothing to offer. You're just a crazy maniac. We're kind of keeping in line. So, his father is not any better. His, even though I got to give Peacemaker the benefit of the doubt that he's trying to be a good person, he thinks he does things for the right reasons, that he's not a bad guy, he just takes out bad guys. Um, his father's a complete and utterly despicable human being this guy's uh, pretty much a fucking neo-nazi like i have no redeeming qualities to talk about his father who's played by the guy that plays uh the t1000 and t2 uh robert patrick there we go and he plays pretty much a neo-nazi who hates every race gender like whatever you identify that's not white straight male he doesn't give a fuck about you like he's just a human garbage bag and this is where like police makers like Almost like innate abilities to be like, I'm not gonna be like my dad, so I'm gonna be the most greatest guy ever. This is where Daddy just like unveils in the show right here, and um, he goes to his dad's house to pick up his eagle and his shit, and he argues with his dad, with his dad's neighbor in a way out. But inside his dad's house, that awkward moment of like the old generation and the new generation, him being a Gen Xer, his dad being Boomer, but also his dad being a racist Boomer and him being more of like a open-minded. Gen Xer, there's that, that you know dichotomy you see in most shows, but the fact that there's superhero theme to this, like you know, his dad has been somewhat of a hero in his past, probably, but he's just a giant douchebag or something because he gives him a bunch of like weapons and a new helmet that he has in his, just happens to have a secret room. It's like a freaking, uh, it looks like there's something out of the Matrix. Like he has a whole uh, armory somewhere in the hallway that's like, a, it almost feels like he's going to a different world. It's like he goes into a secret room that opens up as a huge. Area and the house is not that big on the outside, it looks like a regular house, but inside there's a lot of secret rooms like a spy would have. And, like, okay, so Peacemaker's dad definitely worked for the government at one point or something, right? That's what I'm assuming because that's how he probably got into this whole peacemaking business, just got into a family job or something, the whole being a superhero per se. So, his dad just tells him some off color jokes and he makes comments about, um. <sighs> bloodsport and uh bloodsport uh pretty much almost killed him and this is where his dad's like so the guy that almost killed me was the same guy who was afraid of rats because he brings up the fear of rats all that stuff it's one of those things but before we get to that point so he goes out to his dad's house to pick up sidekick eagerly the eagle eagles are huge it's like bald eagle obviously it's a freaking big bird i'm assuming it's echi-eyed because there's nobody gonna train a hollywood eagle i'm just saying not a before, I mean, Falcons are one thing, but the, the Eagles are huge. Uh, so he goes to his dad's house. He argues with his dad's neighbor, who's like this guy that's just very much like got an opinion about everything. And he's like, doesn't have time for this shit. So he, he's happy to see Eagle He's happy. And Eagle, he hugs him. And he's like, you guys seen this? Eagle's hugging me. And there's no one to see because his dad walked away as he was entering the garage where Eagle was resting. So he has an awkward dinner with his dad. He brings a blood sport. just the part I was talking about earlier. And he's pretty much saying how uh his... His, his uh his life in the suicide squad and what he did and his dad laughs off some of the things like in an awkwardly evil laughter I'm like okay so this dude definitely is not a good guy he must have been like a super villain and yeah, that's what i'm assuming from the five getting off him because this guy has access to this stuff so he goes to dinner his dad gives him a new array of helmets with weapons right like each helmet has its own uh, it's like Mega Man has his own power or like own gadget almost like Q like his dad's like an evil racist Q from James Bond and gives him helmets like hey yours got destroyed and here have another one so he goes to his dinner with his new co-workers people that are watching him and some diner there but um he has an awkward dinner and they're like why are you in costume and he's like I'm not in costume this is my uniform I'm just wearing it to stretch it out and again It's like a fish out of water. Like he thinks it's normal to just go out just like the way he does. But of course, it's also John Cena. John Cena goes to interviews as Peacemaker. So I'm not really like that taken aback from this. So after dinner, uh, he heads up to a bar where Hardcourt, one of his tougher co workers, heads in for a beer because she wants to just unwind. Um, a group of white guys hit her up like little like skinheads, but I'm just they're just bald white guys I'm gonna assume they're skinheads because they're bald white guys, but you know, they're bald with beards And let look like bikers essentially um, They go to hit on her and she tells them to kick rocks and they have a situation where uh, he's like uh, hitting on her and then just, like, Calls her names then walks up to her again with his buddy and then hardcore actually takes the guys down and this actually makes uh, Peacemaker like open his eyes like whoa okay so he's very much like uh it's like impressed and falling in love with his co-worker and she's not giving him time of day because he went in there to say hey what a coincidence and she's like listen you followed me here that you i came in here to unwind from work i didn't come here to talk to you because i don't like you as a person i think you're terrible like she pretty much destroys peacemaker he's like but there's a chance right because <laughs> he's just so delusional like He's like, ah, she'll go come around to it, but maybe not right now. And after that display, she's like, I don't even manage to fight my battles for me. That whole ordeal. So he just hits up with some girl that he sees in the bar. She looks like she's straight out of the 1980s. Like, she has the big hair and has, like, the r- really bad grungy makeup. Like, she looks very much like a typical chick you'll pick up at a bar in the 80s. Hell, this whole bar looks like it's in the 80s, but obviously you're in modern times. It just the music playing is 80s, the aesthetic is 80s, the sexual harassment is 80s from the patrons of the bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like you're in a time loop. And like, it's just some dive bar somewhere, you know, just go in there and just play some old music and, and just chill out. And so he go, takes this girl home or she takes him to her house. And there's a sec- uh, sequence where he's, uh yes, after they have sex together, he's parading around in the underwear, singing karaoke to some records because she has a vinyl recorder. And that's when he finds out that she's a metahuman. And not just a metahuman, a villainous metahuman. And starts attacking the shit out of him and trying to kill him. So, that being said, is fighting for his fucking life. <laughs> and... He actually ends up somehow escaping outside with his helmet on, no clothes. And this is the point where, like, this metal human jumps out the window like a freaking, you know, superhero would and lands and, like, nothing. I'm talking about, like, stories high. And she's about a kill peacemaker, so he activates his helmet and apparently has, like, some sort of pulsating, like, sonic boom that incinerates her body parts and she just splatters everywhere. And this is where the episode ends like, oh shit, what the hell just happened? Like you're looking at this like, oh, Peacemaker, you went through some shit, huh? Like you thought you took them on a regular, you know, bar, you know, rat. Instead you ended up taking a meta human, like, werewolf woman or something. She didn't transform into werewolf, but she got feral. Like she became like a superhero, superpowered, like beast of some sort. Like you're not fangs and not but just strength of a Something I don't know what the hell you want to call it because we'll find out in the next episode, not this one. And he's there like outside and near his car, and he's naked with just a helmet on. Luckily, he kept it because the powers of the helmet kept him alive. And sad to say, for the girl, she didn't. So hey, it was either her life or his, and that's how the cookie crumbles. So we're gonna take a small break. Be right back. Interview the second episode of Peacemaker. Stay tuned. What's good world? It's your boy the Puerto Rican Kaiju, the podcast versionary, the Mike for hire, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse himself, Christian Joel Ramos. back at it again with a brand new review. And today we are reviewing straight from my house because I am snowed in. It is uh we got a northeastern here in the east coast, and it hit us hard, a long overdue snowstorm. So we got about two feet of snow. <laughs> that aside, I had a lot, a lot of free time to do this stuff. So let's get to the review of the HBO Max original series based on the DC Comics character from the Suicide Squad. Peacemaker and this show obviously starring John Cena and it is mostly directed by James Gunn. He actually wrote this script during the beginning of the pandemic because he has so much free time and he figured hey if I'm actually doing stuff in DC, I might as well take advantage of this and actually make a show because they have a new streaming platform and they can use some shows and I'm pretty sure they're not gonna say no. And guess what? He's James fucking gunn. Of course he's gonna have the uh authority to make a show if he wants so John Cena had a lot of free time he had a lot of free time they were able to cast a really great cast of people for the series and they got it done so during the pandemic he wrote this one whole season and I'm like wow impressive James you can write a whole season of a show in less than a year that's that's some great writing right there that's some great talent. So with that being said, the first episode is titled A Whole New World, like Wh- Whirlpool Bridges World, directed by James Gunn himself, Jody Hill, Rosemary Rodriguez, and Brad Anderson. Now, Peacemaker survived Heim. That's where they give us a recap of the Suicide Squad film and how he managed to survive in the end credit scene of the show. And we are seeing him in the hospital and he is free to leave the hospital. And they're like, and, and he's like, wait a minute, I'm not going back to prison because he's in the suicide squad so he assumes that because he is in such uh program let's leave it at that he does gonna go back to Bellevue uh but he's like no you're free to go so he <laughs> he rightly so paranoid as much he's just like so I'm free to go okay then I'm just gonna skedaddle but uh before he leaves you get this epic rant with a janitor apparently the whole time he was healing in the hospital he actually befriended the local janitor on the floor of the hospital and they get into this back and forth that is hysterical you find out that the janitor actually went to mit but he's got some issues to deal with and that's why he's a janitor instead of being a scientist but he knows his shit and him and and christopher who is a peacemaker's own name christopher smith i believe um they get back and forth about a conversation and it listen I can't repeat the jokes, just watch the show. It's so good. It is almost like you're tearing of laughter. So after this whole back and forth with the janitor, he leaves the hospital and the nurse at the reception desk secretly text somebody from under her desk like he's out I'm like okay they're looking for him I knew it wasn't that easy you're not gonna go into the suicide squad and go unscathed and go free like that this guy went for prison for god knows how many years of murder so obviously he's paying his dues and they the government's not gonna just let him be out of the blue like okay you you've managed to take down this uh this secret file for us so you can hide our uh involvement in this whole thing and how we aided this scientist in making this giant kaiju but you know do it your thing and uh just be on yeah right you're gonna hunt him down and get him back into that program so we get a moment here after that where he leaves the hospital and a nurse texts about that whole thing so and elsewhere two office workers are talking about having kids and what it takes to like you know raise a child on that stuff and then we move on where the dove is heading to the coop is in their messages a go crap so they also got the message from the nurse that the dove is meeting Chris or Peacemaker is out on the loose so Peacemaker's at the trailer They lost uh his key to enter the house so he's at his house in this trailer park this Americana red white, white and blue themed uh tra- trailer that lives in in the trailer house in um trailer park I guess and it looks like it hasn't been lived in years. So he's trying to have a hard time finding the key. He can't find the key, so he breaks into his own home and checks his voicemails, like his hundreds of voicemails. And it's a few from Vigilante who sends him a shit ton of messages, like, just like, hey, buddy, how you doing, like catching up. And like, he just gives a bunch of like jokes and within those messages like, hey, long time no see, I hope you're doing well. And it just plays on and on. So we move on where Clemson Murr, who reports to Amanda Waller, He is this guy that's in charge of this, I wouldn't say the Suicide Squad, but he's in charge of Peacemaker to keep him in line. Um, He shows up at Peacemaker's home and tells him, listen, you've only completed four out of the 30-year sentence we've given you, and we're going to put you in this program where you're going to work for us to pay your dues, and you're going to work for the government as an assassin, pretty much, and do our bidding. So. They want him as a contract killer. Even though he doesn't want to do it anymore, he's like, oh crap, fine. And this is the only way I can get freedom and go out into bars and live a normal life. As long as I'm doing something with my life, why not? So he goes to his dad's house to pick up his psychic Eagly, a bald eagle named Eagly, very creative. Now, mind you, this whole show smells and reeks of Americana, nineteen eighties Republican Americana. You know where it's like all hair metal and it's just over the top. Like his whole life is just like a giant eighties action flick. And I love that this character is somewhat of a douchebag, but unaware he's a douchebag. Like he thinks he's such a great guy, but he's also like he's lost it. This guy's definitely not all there mentally. Like it's like. Peacemaker is almost like Bad Santa, but a DC version of it, like DC superhero version of Bad Santa. Or better yet, he's like, if Johnny Bravo was given the circumstances that he was given as a superhero, this is how Johnny Bravo in real life would react to all these things. Like, he's just this giant, brainless meathead who just looks good Look, He's good-looking, and he gets by with just talking the way he talks to most women. But when he tries to talk to the people that work in the... Facility, just what I mean. they do not fall for his little one-liners. Like, listen, you think you're cute and all that, but you got nothing to offer. You're just a crazy maniac. We're kind of keeping line. So, his father is not any better. His, even though I gotta give Peacemaker the benefit of the doubt that he's trying to be a good person. He thinks he does things for the right reasons. That he's not a bad guy. He just takes out bad guys. Um, his fathers a complete and utterly despicable human being this guy's a uh, pretty much a fucking neo-nazi like i have no redeeming qualities to talk about his father who's played by the guy that plays uh the t1000 and t2 uh robert patrick there we go and he plays pretty much a neo-nazi who hates every race gender like whatever you identify that's not white straight male he doesn't give a fuck about you like he's just a human garbage bag and this is where like police makers like almost like innate ability to be like, I'm not gonna be like my dad, so I'm gonna be the most greatest guy ever. This is where daddy just like unveils in the show right here. And um, he goes to his dad's house to pick up his eagle and his shit. And he argues with his dad, his dad's neighbor in a way out. But inside his dad's house, that awkward moment of like the old generation and the new generation, him being a Gen Xer, his dad being boomer, but also his dad being a racist boomer and him being more of like a open-minded, Gen Xer, there's that dich- you know dichotomy you see in most shows, but the fact that there's superhero theme to this, like you know his dad has been somewhat of a hero in his past probably, but he's just a giant douchebag or something because he gives him a bunch of like weapons and a new helmet that he has in his, just happens to have a secret room. It's like a freaking, uh, it looks like there's something out of the matrix. Like he has a whole uh, armory somewhere in the hallway that's like, a, it almost feels like he's going to a different world. It's like he goes into a secret room that opens up with a huge, Area and the house is look that big on the outside, it looks like a regular house, but inside there's a lot of secret rooms like a spy would have. And, like, okay, so Peacemaker's dad definitely worked for the government at one point or something, right? That's what I'm assuming because that's how he probably got into this whole peacemaking business, just got it's a family job or something, the whole being a superhero per se. So, his dad just tells him some off color jokes and he makes comments about, um. <sighs> bloodsport and uh bloodsport uh pretty much almost killed him and this is where his dad's like so the guy that almost killed me was the same guy who was afraid of rats because he brings up the fear of rats all that stuff it's one of those things but before we get to that point so he goes out to his dad's house to pick up sidekick eagerly the eagle eagles are huge it's a bald eagle obviously it's a freaking big bird i'm assuming it's itchy would because there's nobody gonna train a hollywood eagle i'm just saying not a before, I mean, falcons are one thing, but the, the eagles are huge. Uh, so he goes to his dad's house. He argues with his dad's neighbor, who's like this guy that's just very much like got an opinion about everything. And he's like, doesn't have time for this shit. So he, he's happy to see Eagle He's happy and eagerly hugs him. And he's like, you guys seen this? Eagle's hugging me. And there's no one to see because his dad walked away as he was entering the garage where eagerly was resting. So he has an awkward dinner with his dad. He brings a blood sport. just the part I was talking about earlier. And he's pretty much saying how uh his... <laughs> His, his, uh, his life in the Suicide Squad and what he did and his dad laughs off some of the things like in an awkwardly evil laughter. I'm like, okay, so this dude definitely is not a good guy. He must've been like a super villain. And yeah, that's what I'm assuming from the vibes getting off him. because This guy has access to this stuff. So he goes to dinner. His dad gives him a new ray of helmets with weapons, right? Like each helmet has its own uh, it's like a Mega Man has his own power or like own gadget almost like Q like his dad's like an evil racist Q from James Bond and gives him helmets like hey yours got destroyed Then here, have another one so he goes to his dinner with his new co-workers people that are watching him and some diner there but um he has an awkward dinner and they're like why are you in costume And he's like I'm not in costume this is my uniform I'm just wearing it to stretch it out and again it's like a fish out of water. Like he thinks it's normal to just go out just like the way he does. But of course, it's also John Cena. So John Cena goes to interviews as peacemaker So I'm not really like that taken aback from this. So after dinner, uh, he heads up to a bar where Hardcourt, one of his tougher um, co workers, heads in for a beer because she wants to just unwind. Um, A group of white guys hit her up like look like skinheads, but I'm just they're just bald white guys I'm gonna assume they're skinheads because they're bald white guys, but you know, they're bald with beards Let's look like bikers essentially Um, They go to hit on her and she tells them to get rocks and they have a situation where uh, he's like uh, hitting on her and then calls her names then walks up to her again with his buddy and then hardcore actually takes the guys down and this actually makes uh, Peacemaker like open his eyes like whoa okay so he's very much like uh it's like impressed and falling in love with his co-worker and she's not giving him time of day because he went in there to say hey what a coincidence and she's like listen you followed me here didn't you i came in here to unwind from work i didn't come here to talk to you because i don't like you as a person i think you're terrible like she pretty much destroys peacemaker he's like but there's a chance, right? Because <laughs> he's just so delusional. Like, he's like, I shall will come around to it. But maybe not right now. And after that display, she's like, I don't need to manage to fight my battles for me. That whole ordeal. So he just hits up with some girl that he sees in the bar. She looks like she's straight out of the 1980s. Like she has the big hair and has like really bad grungy makeup. Like she looks very much like a typical chick you would pick up at a bar in the 80s. Hell, this whole bar looks like it's in the 80s, but obviously you're in modern times. Just the music playing is 80s, the aesthetic is 80s the sexual harassment in 80s from the patrons of the bar, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like you're in a time loop and like, it's just some dive bar somewhere, you know, just go in there and just play some old music and and just chill out. And so he go takes this girl home or she takes him to her house. And there's a sec- uh, sequence where he's, yes, uh, after they have sex together, he's parading around in the underwear, singing karaoke to some records because she has a vinyl recorder, and that's where he finds out that she's a metahuman, and not just a metahuman, a villainous metahuman, and starts attacking the shit out of him and trying to kill him. So, that being said, is fighting for his fucking life, <laughs> and... He actually ends up somehow escaping outside with his helmet on, no clothes. And this is the point where, like, this metal human jumps out the window like a freaking, you know, superhero would and lands and, like, nothing. I'm talking about, like, stories high. And she's about a kill peacemaker, so he activates his helmet and apparently has, like, some sort of pulsating, like, sonic boom that incinerates her body parts and she just splatters everywhere. And this is where the episode ends like, oh shit, what the hell just happened? Like, you're looking at this, like, oh, Peacemaker, you went through some shit, huh? Like, you thought you took them a regular, you know, bar, you know, rat. Instead, you ended up taking a meta human, like, werewolf woman or something. She didn't transform into a werewolf, but she got feral. Like, she became, like, a superhero, superpowered, like, beast of some sort. Like, not fangs and not, but just strength of a. Something, I don't know what the hell you want to call it because we'll find out in the next episode, not this one. And he's there like outside and near his car and he's naked with just a helmet on. Luckily, he kept it because the powers of the helmet kept him alive. And sad to say for the girl, she didn't. So hey, it was either her life or his. And that's how the cookie crumbles. So we're going to take a small break, be right back, interview the second episode of Peacemaker. Stay tuned.